This Noble podcast is powered by Cuba Parry, the rebels of accountancy. From audit, tax and R&D, to wealth management, corporate finance and tech and high growth, we smash the humdrum to smithereens. Our purpose is to simply disrupt, lead and make life count. And along the way, we help like-minded entrepreneurial businesses to thrive across the UK. Now let's get back to the infotainment. Enjoy. Right, so um, my name's John. What are we going to be talking about today? Online selling. And I must admit that before all this happened, I would always prefer to go and get everything physically. So I'd go to the shop. I used to love the whole experience. I have become an absolute online shopper. So I can now get all of my food online. I can also get my essentials, like my fake tan, everything. Everything online now is, is all at my disposal. So it would appear that that is pretty much how the world is going. And behaviors have been transformed by the fact that now online selling is here and it's here to stay. So we thought today that we talked to two entrepreneurs, PJ and Eddie, from Velocity Commerce. Now, Velocity Commerce, these guys know exactly what they're doing. They help businesses to build online brands, to create online identities, and most importantly, to absolutely boost revenues. So without any further ado, it's really exciting to work to bring in Eddie and PJ. Hello. Hello. Now, guys, I've got to say, you're looking extremely beautiful. You're looking very handsome digitally, more so than face to face. I don't know what you're doing with the camera there, but you're looking absolutely fantastic. But lovely to love to see you guys again. How are you? How how is life treating you? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. I don't know. I guess it's difficult to try and be positive, but as much as possible, yeah, we're trying to make the best out of a bad situation, I think. And I think yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks where things have been changing on everyday occurrence. I think at least it's been different and yeah, offered new challenges and just different perspectives on things really. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, you probably heard me talking in terms of the introduction. It's very hard to talk to yourself when you start, very hard. So I hope, I hope that all made sense, everybody. Um, but online selling, is is something that is now as i was saying here to stay and i guess the key thing here is is this now the new norm we're all talking about what are going to be the new norms at the end of this but it would appear that this may represent a key change in behavior here and that the ability for organizations to to really nail that whole mysterious beautiful art of online selling is now a necessity so for the next few moments, I'm going to be asking you guys some questions, let's say 30, 35 minutes, um, but just give us a little flavour of Velocity. What you guys do would be great. Uh, so we're, the company was founded seven years ago. Uh, and what we do, if you just ask in really, really basic terms, is we help brands who sell physical products uh, make the most out of selling online. So our clients range from uh, Lego uh, to Brita water filters, Sony. Yeah, Sony. And for those people, we do different things, but in essence, yeah, we help brands that want to sell physical products online um, build a strategy. Um, that strategy normally uh, revolves around uh, a marketplace strategy, and by marketplace, we mean selling on Amazon and eBay. Uh, we help them come up with that, and we help them execute it to the best um, of our abilities and for what their company's uh, requirements and desires are, really. Uh, you guys are very humble, so you're not going to mention this, but you know, you are, you've been in the two years running now, the Financial Times thousand fastest growing companies in Europe. You're in the fast track 100. So you guys know what you're doing, right? You can only be in those kind of lists if you're, uh, you're doing some pretty special things. 
Well, you know, people say looks looks can be deceiving, awards can be deceiving. Yeah, there's a lot of things we don't know. Um, but I guess, yeah, we, how our company differs, I think, to uh, a lot of online, online retailers or online specialists, whatever they want to refer to them as, is we start the company based on a foundation of understanding the sales process online. So understanding how Amazon and eBay work, basically. And we built the company around that philosophy. We're not you know, carpet salesmen have been in the industry for 30 years. That's the analogy they're always using. He's looking at me like he wants to laugh. Um, we're definitely not carpet oh, specialists. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, uh, but yeah, we understand that sales cycle very well. And we built the company um, around that. So yeah, we have grown incredibly quickly. Um, we started this uh, as a part-time job seven years ago. And in that time, we've managed to build it to a company that turns over uh, last year around 30 million quid. So um, yeah. It's done, it's done very well, and it's been, uh, yeah, a great, a great journey. I think uh, cool. the things we've learned along the way have been very good. But yeah, we're by no means experts. I wouldn't say. Also, John, I'd say what what worked on eBay and Amazon five years ago wouldn't necessarily work today. So I think one thing that we've always tried looking at is every six months reevaluating what we do, how we do it, and is it, is it still relevant? Um, because I think you need to, you know, eBay and Amazon are always evolving, so it's keeping up to date with with. Um, the requirement as is of as of today yeah so getting straight to the point guys the absolute cherry of this the the, the golden nugget why is online brand why are online sales so important i think that it's it's certainly the most convenient way to shop and i think that is you know if you take where i was um i've worked in online retail for you know 20 odd years and you know, I can remember for most of my career that the line just kept going up and retail was always bigger than online. There was then, I remember the first day or the first Christmas where actually more consumers shopped online. And since that day, seven, seven, eight, nine years ago, it's just gone into the stratosphere. And I think, you know, more and more customers start their journey online. So if you're not on online, then, you know, I don't think you can really hope to get impact a customer's shopping journey all the way through because, you know, People don't just shop online, they do the research online and actually you need to be a part of this process all the way through. Yeah, I mean, there's been a progressive shift from high streets online, you know, it's been well documented and well uh, broadcast in the news over the last couple of years. I think, you know, what's happened over the last couple of months, you know, we've had our arms twisted, as you have done and as you said at the beginning of the beginning of the uh, session. Um, yeah, there's been this transition, it's been forced process recently, but that's not news to anyone, you know, you know, that, that's been well documented. And I think over the last couple of months, it's just been accelerated that process really. And an online strategy or an online, how your brand is portrayed online, not only helps your sales online, but it's actually a great brand building exercise. So um, yeah, it's something that should be in the forefront of every brand's mind, even if it's something that, you know, they're not necessarily looking at currently, but they want to, you know, get that information for future, future reference. But what are the different ways that you can sell online? Um, so yeah, we're talking about people selling physical products. So uh, everything that, if you want to get your products found online, you need to appease some sort of search algorithm. Um, so there's three main, you know, when you're talking about selling physical products, there's three main search algorithms in the UK for most, uh, <clears throat> for most product groups and areas. There's you have your own website and you're reliant then on Google providing you with traffic or you sell on Amazon and you rely on Amazon for your traffic or you sell on eBay. They're the three main marketplaces outside of things like clothing where you've got a lot of brand direct 
um, websites such as ASOS, you know, you've got lots of destinations. There's really only three main algorithms that you rely on to bring you to bring you traffic. Um, so yeah, what we specialize in as a company is we're not looking necessarily for optimization of Google. What we do is we help people with optimization um, of Amazon um, and eBay. So making brands have a strategy for how they attract attack those marketplaces because they're both very very different and work in different weird and wonderful ways and um, but help them make the most out of the people that are searching for their products or their category of products on those specific marketplaces um you, you know thinking about amazon for example it's been incredible to see that whilst the world was transforming whilst things were slowing down whilst amazing things were happening that we'd never witnessed before there was still that amazon delivery at the door um, now, those two platforms that you focus on, Amazon, eBay, I'm guessing there's a reason then why you focus on those two platforms. Is is that why? Is it because those platforms are absolutely pivotal to you know to cracking this online selling aspect? They they both got a very loyal customer base. So I think you know broadly speaking, eBay will have a set amount of customers, Amazon will have a set amount of customers, and actually there's there's not that big an overlap between their customer bases generally speaking. So actually, if you want to appeal to a broad market. And to the most people uh, possible, people possible, you need to be selling on both of those platforms. And you know, I was thinking about it today before the call. There's some really interesting brands that do some really interesting things with both of those channels. You've got the likes of Superdry that are one of the biggest sellers on um, eBay. Now they use that as a clearance channel, non-market disruptive. So any any overstocks they've got in their stores, effectively, what they want don't want to do is discount the product too heavily. They want to go out to mass market and clear the stock as as quick a time possible. And non be non market disruptive, so you know people aren't seeing the product discounted for too long a time. I think they execute that very well from a clearance point of view. You've got um, stores like Argos who sell on eBay, which last time I checked was about 3.2 million pounds a month of sales on eBay. Which you know wow. again, fantastic channel. Um, all new products, so it's not like they're discounting the products. It's just they are listing the products as they appear in the catalogue or on the online, but just on eBay. So again, that gives you a sense of, you know, those customers have chosen to go with eBay and not Amazon, uh, sorry, not Argos. So I think, you know, that that just it reinforces the point that eBay have a very strong customer base. And then if you look at um, sites like Amazon, so we manage the content and optimization for wrap outdoor clothing. And, and we've seen fantastic successes because prior to us doing any work for wrap, they weren't selling on, on Amazon whatsoever. They were using their network of um, Cotswold Outdoor and all their other um, high street retailers to sell on their behalf. But what they hadn't considered is that the products being set up on Amazon weren't optimized for Amazon search algorithms. So weren't appearing in a lot of the search terms, so waterproof jacket, down jacket. So it, you need to get those products found. So actually, you know, again, if they're not being found, um, that's where someone like us comes in to actually make sure that they, they surface in search for customers. I'm not going to quote numbers now because I'll be wrong and then I look like even more of an idiot than normal and I'm pretty good at that anyway. Um, but you, the amount of people now who start their shopping journey on one particular platform, the platform that they always go to or because they associate with buying that type of product and they don't ever leave that ecosystem. Yeah, you know, you, when you're talking about particularly impulse products, so by that I mean in most categories sub sort of £30, people when they think are, you know, they think, they're feeding their dog. I'm going to make, I always make these things up. So they're feeding their dog. I don't even own a dog. Um, and they look at the dog bowl and they're like, it looks a bit scruffy. So they say, okay, I'm going to buy a dog bowl now. They go on Amazon and they buy a dog bowl there and then. They never go outside 
of that ecosystem. So I'm then thinking, okay, well, if I'm a dog bowl manufacturer, then if I'm not catching that customer on Amazon, I don't have a chance of winning that sale. You could be the best selling pet brand in pets at home. That's great. I mean, that's amazing. You've done very, very well there, but you don't stand a chance of catching that Amazon customer. It's not like that person's going to go on and shop around for that product. It by definition is an impulse purchase. They start that journey on Amazon, they end that journey on Amazon. The only way to catch them is through the Amazon funnel. Um, so if you're not present on those marketplaces, for those sort of type of purchases um, or those sort of customers, I mean, some customers are so loyal to Amazon, you know, they're hell-bent on getting the most out of their prime um, subscription because they paid that 60 70 quid or whatever it is now um, and they will buy everything from there by hook or by crook you know they're happy with the service the delivery man posts them every day unless you're on amazon you're never going to catch that customer it's interesting when we go to brands and they say to us everything we try to do is is paint by numbers so we're looking at the statistics behind searches the amount of searches that your products are getting currently the amount that we can increase um, the amount of traffic that we're getting to your items. But when we speak to brands and they say, you know, we don't have a huge amount of interest on Amazon, we say to them, okay, well, your brand is already getting this many searches. Okay, this is not people looking, it's not people looking for your general sort of items that you don't think fits with your perceived Amazon demographic that you've come up with based on nothing. Um, people are actually looking for your branded of items already and they're customers that, you know, if they're, if they're starting their journey looking for your custom, your product on Amazon, clearly they're Amazon diehards. Okay, yeah, you could argue they'll go to Google and they'll buy your product from elsewhere, but maybe they won't. These Amazon diehards, people that only buy from Amazon, are going to not find your product on Amazon. They might have seen it on a TV advertising campaign that's cost you a lot of money, and they're just going to buy someone else's brand. This, by the way, Eddie, there's some uh, pretty awesome passion towards doggy bowls then. So that could yeah, be... Uh, Inspirational stuff. Um, but in terms of Amazon, in terms of Amazon itself, right? You, uh, you know, you've kind of alluded to this, but would you say there is an element sometimes of a reluctance for people to, you know, to really give it a go? Are there some reasons why, if there is reluctance, people are reluctant? Yeah, I think people, brands in particular, ones that we speak to, uh, they don't understand it. I guess they don't understand how to get the most out of it and they don't actually understand it how to how to position a clear strategy that won't conflict with what they're doing elsewhere in the market um, and also they don't really they might have tried in the past of selling products physically to Amazon directly and Amazon you know are a nightmare for pricing and offering discounts you know outside of agreed promotional times and and those sort of things. So they've had a bad experience. They've heard of someone's had a bad experience. Normally, that's because of poor implementation. Um, so we speak to brands that, you know, consider themselves to be a brands, you know, who are sold in, you know, you know, high-end sort of retail and stuff. And we're like, yeah, well, that's fine. That product, yeah, you, you're right. You probably don't want to put some of that product on Amazon. And even if you did, it wouldn't sell because that's not the sort of products that people buy on Amazon. However, they know everything about the market. They know everything about their product range. They could quite easily release a subset of products specifically for Amazon that we could help that brand create using search data. So we're not saying to a brand, okay, well, you know, oh, well, I think rucksacks with waterproof coverings um, are going to be really, really big next season. We're saying to brands, okay, what uh, rucksacks with waterproof um, shields that go around with waterproof coverings are already getting 10,000 searches a month. 
the bestseller is 15 to 16 pounds every month. It, the spec of that item is X. So we're effectively giving the brands a blueprint saying, if you can match this price, this spec, you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but you will be guaranteed a, sh a decent share of this amount of sales. And that is black and white. And is that the same principles that you've been talking about for eBay as well? 100%. The difference between Amazon and eBay is Amazon has more has more traffic. There's more people walking through their shop door every day than there are eBay. Uh, it's very, very hard. Even that said, eBay is much more about variety and about a, a, a wide range of products. It's much easier to sell bespoke products. It's much easier to sell slightly different products. Whereas Amazon, you have to think about the essence of what how Amazon was uh, was started. It started as a website where people sold books. I mean, books is one of the most commoditized industries um, in the world. You know, any sort of printed medium is. People are buying what the words say in the book. They're not buying the book specifically. It's a website designed for selling commoditized products, whereas eBay was never designed for that. eBay was designed as a website for people to sell their old bike. Okay, so it's actually there to give you a point of difference and sell personality and these unique products. Whereas Amazon is a completely different shopping experience and they're finding it very, very hard, both those people, to shrug that. So Amazon is designed for selling petrol, you know, effectively. It's there for selling uh, very, very homogenous, um, relatively uh, simple products. Whereas eBay is much more about the detail and the little different personal touches on products and those two product ranges generally work very well so for example in-car products sell incredibly well on ebay ebay has a demographic of customer um, who is willing to purchase something that's second hand no problem um, we don't sell a huge amount of second hand some or we sell some refurbished product but not a huge amount of refurbished products on there anymore um, but they're quite happy to buy second hand product they're quite happy to buy product that needs installing um, and all those little things whereas amazon and they're quite happy to find a bargain in order to do so they're quite happy to inject some time into doing it whereas amazon people want to buy things that come in square boxes you know they want to buy water filters yeah they want to buy ink cartridges they want to buy memory cards they want to buy all those things it works incredibly well for those sort of products little products with trinkets on them and stuff yeah not so much amazon's back really um so shopping experience is completely different it's interesting so everyone always comes to us the latest and greatest products and like i want to sell this on amazon it's this amazing product and again i'm going to make something up so bear with me so they have created a door wedge that is also a um it's also a stapler and it's amazing they're like use it in an office wow. so yeah every office every office i've just made this up please don't mind a big deal um, every that. office has door wedges and every office has has staplers. So they're like, so I've, I've just put them in both. So every time you know you need a stapler, you just go to the door and you take out a door wedge. So that is amazing. It's absolutely truly amazing. And they're like, a door wedge is five quid and a stapler is, is five quid, but we managed to get this at seven pounds fifty. We managed, we managed, we're going to sell this for seven pounds fifty. It's a bargain. I'm, and I say to them, that's absolutely great. But no one is going to search online for a door wedge with a, with a stapler in it. That's not going to get any searches. People are going to search for a door wedge or a stapler. And when they search for a door wedge, they're going to find £5 door wedges and they're going to buy a £5 door wedge. And if they sell to staplers, they're going to find a £5 stapler. So selling online, you just think about what is your item actually called and how are people going to find it? Because 99% of items, um, again, outside of clothing, a couple other categories that people find people type a word in a search bar at the top okay and they buy whatever comes top and what comes top generally is the products that 
well-optimized, well-reviewed and all those sort of things that we help people with every day. But what comes top are products that are well-priced for that and well-engineered for that specific search term. So getting products that no one's searching for. So we speak to people that invent products and we say, well, what is it called? And they say, well, it's sort of this and it's sort of that. That doesn't really help you selling online. That is a lot more tricky. So yeah, I think it's very important for anyone when they're looking to sell online is you need to sell something that's got a name, really, because that's what you're selling. In order to get your products found, you're you're hoping that someone types a word into a into a search bar and finds your product. And how about how it looks? Is that important as well in terms of the kind of aesthetic look of it online? So the first thing we try and do, there's no point having the best product in the world, as Eddie alluded to, if, if it's not serviced in search. Okay. So once they found it, that's that's job one taken care of. After that, we're looking at how we increase conversion. So we're making sure they've already clicked on the product. Has it got the right specification? The images are all absolutely perfect. And are you selling that product absolutely perfectly? So, you know, all of the stats that we see now that say at least 50 to 55% of customers mainly look at the images. They don't look so much at the spec. So actually try and incorporate some of the spec into the, into the images. You know, a picture paints a thousand words. So if it is, I don't know, a DAB, a portable boombox, for example, that, you know, you want to you want to make sure customers know they can use it outdoors as well as mains operators in the kitchen. Then, you know, have a picture of a toddler carrying it outdoors in the garden. Instantly, you know, the customer looking at that knows without even reading the specification that product is available to be used with batteries outdoors. Um, and just make sure all the content is on point. You know, you look go through the reviews of a fine tooth comb to see what people are um, searching for. So, you know, does it have AA batteries? Make sure that content is absolutely on point and you're answering the questions. Cool. Switching a little bit, obviously something very important, very current, coronavirus. What are some of the things that you have seen in terms of changes to product mix? What, what, what are you seeing? Yeah, everything that people are changing, everything that people are buying has changed dramatically, really. Uh, it's interesting. We sell um, a lot of DVD players. We always, always have done and people, Oh, we sell a lot of CD players as well. And everyone says, everyone always jokes with us. It's like, oh, you know, people buy, people still buy DVD players. And I say, well, no, not really. Only about 10,000 a month in my experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we always noticed that summer holidays, they sell really well. And these are products that people are buying for kids' bedrooms, okay? So it's not necessarily people buying them from their living room. People have got an old Disney DVD collection, okay? And, uh, you know, their kids, being you know as, as kids are annoying and uh, they they then uh, think oh, okay well, what we can do is we can buy a dvd player put it in the kids bedroom and they can watch their old disney dvds um so those have been selling incredibly well recently for example more so than normal because um everyone's got their kids at home obviously they're trying to work from home during the day they just want to pacify their children um then you get really interesting things like it rains okay so the kids can't play outside and you sell even more of those products i mean yeah so those things have changed Clearly, we sell a lot. We work with Lego directly. We run an eBay Lego store for um, for Lego, um, and we've noticed sales of that have increased, uh, increased, yeah, dramatically. But Lego sales across the market are up three hundred percent year on year. Yeah, so that has that has changed. I think it's it's quite a dangerous time, really, for all you know, for all retailers. It's like I always joke that it's probably a bit soon for joking. Um, the uh, People, you know, at the end of this, there'll be warehouses full of face masks. Yeah, undoubtedly. And people will get caught, you know, holding the baby, I think, with buying these fatty products. So for us, trying to advise brands and then trying to manage our own um, in-house brands and stuff, 
we are very aware that this is not a normal demand curve. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, there's spikes in everyday changes in how people's buying habits are changing. And we need to err on the side of caution when looking at forecasting and stuff and not over commit to things. You know, when we were talking about this earlier, this is like the, the, the 30 second, 45 second bit that we record and, and send out there in terms of top tips. So for any business right now who is, is really thinking, do you know what? Maybe is the time now more than ever to really think about our e-commerce e offering. What are some of the, the, the absolute gems that you have that, that you could advise that businesses really start to think about? So I think think of a long term uh, online strategy. Don't don't worry about COVID. In fact, if anything, don't overcommit to what I would refer to as a bump. I think any business that plans for a linear increase, online sales, online migration until now has been quite linear. I think we'll reset. Yeah, it's been going on this. I think we'll reset at a higher, higher level. But actually, don't look at a short term. Put a plaster on it. Get a crap website up. Uh, yeah, put some rubbish listings up on Amazon. Take a long term view it and actually try and think about you know what this looks like in a year or you know 18 months time when we reset a, a happy medium. Do not go panic stations. You know, almost like lose this battle, the current battle right now and look at a way of winning that war and actually that this and the time that it gives you currently use that time to focus on building a good 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 online offering not you know and actually changing maybe your product range to suit more of an online um customer etc yeah and actually look at how you can do it long term not just go oh crap i've got some overstocks which i know lots of people going in that position don't get me wrong um and there's ways to help that but almost don't plan your online future around clearing out that product you know there's people that you can go to that can clear product for you um, relatively easily and you work on your long-term future because they're going to be tough i mean for everyone and you know how it resets is not it's not the known yet but i think certainly we can start to plan for that i think it's important to have a look at brands that sell on ebay and amazon and do it well um, and understand how they do it well how that could integrate with your current sales strategy um, but i think it's important to understand ebay and amazon i think you know that Amazon certainly, you know, the future of online retail. So if you don't have a presence, get one, um, even if it's just to understand the platform and how it can be used as a tool not to detract from your current online offering or your retail sales offering. And okay. anyone starting out, I'll always say, do one product well. Do not go and try and sell 100 products from day one. Do one product well. I think when we speak to people and we say to them, uh, I was speaking to someone yesterday about chili sauce, so like hot sauce. On Amazon, I think in the UK that gets 14,000. Just the term hot sauce gets 14,000 searches um, a month. Yeah, I think it's generating some horrendously large amount of revenue, like 60k or something out of one search term. You know, if you have one product on that on that homepage on that first page of results, which is catching 90% of that um, that 60k, um, then yeah, you're on to a winner. So just do one product properly, invest a all of your time and effort into just getting that right and then expanding expanding from there but the volumes are volumes are massive yeah is this something i could do like tomorrow i could just be on the platform and ready to go is that something you'd advise you know just literally get get straight on it uh no basically there's not there's i mean we've learned the hard way and everything we've done you know we started this garage we started the business from a garage and i think what we've accumulated over that time is a lot of knowledge i would say if you're an expert in your product or your range definitely speak to a specialist uh, uh and 
get their advice and their help and you know when times are hard you can learn a lot from speaking to people and i think there's so much help out there and resource out there uh just try and try and get some help with it but yeah it definitely takes time to get listings established even our experience of that is you can get a product selling on ebay tomorrow to get a product selling on amazon even if you're good at it, it can take up to six months it's about knowing that but you know once you once you know the volumes that you're achieving and how you're going to get there yeah you can it's really easy to invest in something when you know what the potential is and the outcome is okay when you're just jumping down that ether of you know unknown in selling on amazon it's impossible but if someone comes to us or there's third party software that you can use that will let you know which if you know what you're doing is all right but if you're a beginner you can work it out to take you a little bit longer it will tell you roughly what the size of the prize is won't necessarily tell you how to get there but it can tell you i mean a little trick that we used to do in meetings because we live and breathe Amazon so much. If you send, and actually, if anyone's watching um, wants to know, if you just send me any URL of any product on Amazon, I'll tell you how many it's selling. Um, and that's a little that's skill that you can pick up. Yeah, so you can say, okay, well, you know, this hot sauce that they're selling, okay, well, they're selling 3,000 units a month, okay, uh, and I can tell you how they're doing it and I can tell you the price they're doing it. I can even tell you what, what the search terms people are using to find that product. But once you know that information, it doesn't get so scary to start selling online. And you've got to be, I take it, sorry, just one foot. I take it the minute you start selling, you've got to be on it. You've got to make sure everything's fulfilled. It's a slick process. Are there implications if it's not a slick process? And I think one thing that we've seen that a lot of brands have tried doing when they, they first started selling on eBay and Amazon is they frame their listings up, they've got some sales, but they haven't understood how eBay and Amazon as platforms mark you as a seller. So, you know, yeah. you're committing to ship the items every day, same day by 4 p.m. If you don't do that, you're going to get naughty marks. And if you get, you know, a score of under 90 percent, they will either suppress your listing so people can't find them or, you know, even worse, you could be banned. And I think a lot of a lot of brands run into the selling side of things and actually get their product selling, but don't pay enough care and attention to how many messages they can customer messages they can answer in a day, how many items they can ship out in a day and actually you need to understand your limitations before you go and get these sales because you only get one shot on eBay and Amazon and then, you know, potentially, as I said, you, you could get banned. Right. Guys, that has brought us brilliantly up to the hour mark. Uh, thank you so much for giving up your time today. Once again, thank you so much for, for joining us. Really appreciate it. I hope you had a great time and speak to you soon.